Well, good evening, everyone, and happy Sabbath to you as we see the Sabbath hours fade away. It's been a blessed Sabbath, and I've certainly been blessed to be here at Wildwood, and thank you again for the invitation to be here this weekend. Before we start this message, I would invite you to bow your heads with me for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you for the Sabbath day. We thank you for the blessing of this graduation weekend. We thank you for the theme that this class has chosen, and I pray again that they will be faithful to you, though the heavens fall. Be with me now one more time as I speak. Give me the words to speak over these next few moments, and may it provide one final reminder to the students of the high calling you've given to each one of them, and to us also. So I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. The title for the message this evening is No Turning Back. Today, this evening, December 17, 2016, students, is your graduation from Wildwood College of Health Evangelism. Perhaps you didn't think when you first started that this moment would come. Yet the, older you, the longer you live and the older you become, the faster time will go and you'll look back on this moment as if it was but a distant memory. But God has used this time in your life for a very special reason. You've reached this point not without some struggles along the way. Certainly there have been moments of difficulty, perhaps even of discouragement, but you have pushed through till the end. You have reached this moment of graduation where you can see certainly how God has led you to this point. And you have grown spiritually, and from what I've observed this week, and I believe that many of you, if not all of you, have made lifelong friendships and God has designed this experience to prepare you to be part of God's end-time movement that will finish the work here on this earth. And you know, it's amazing to me, and I hope it is to you as well, that from your class, you will be returning to the ends of this earth. That you won't just be in one place, but you will be spreading out throughout the entire world. And undoubtedly, you will face some major challenges wherever you go. And it is almost certain that some of you, if not all of you, will be tempted to turn back or to give up what you have learned while you have been here. And yet I want to challenge you today to never forget that the, the never forget the convictions that the holy spirit has placed on your heart while you have been here never turn back from your commitment to god never turn back from being a faithful god-fearing seventh day adventist and i want to turn in scripture to hebrews chapter 10 the Apostle Paul is giving an admonition to 
the Hebrew Christians. And he's reminding them of the experiences that they have passed through. And I would encourage you to make note of this section of Scripture whenever you hit a hard time in your experience. Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 32, Paul says, But call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Paul is reminding the Hebrew Christians that you passed through Pentecost. You received the power of the Holy Ghost. You saw 3,000 people baptized in one day, and you became part of a movement that spread to the then-known world where the gospel was preached to every known man at that time. And as you became part of that movement under the power of the Holy Spirit, you endured a great fight of affliction. The first thing to remember today is that when you endure affliction, remember the times that you have had here at Wildwood where you were illuminated by the Holy Spirit where you saw God working in undeniable ways, where you saw Scripture open to you very clearly, where you saw the spirit of prophecy explained to you very clearly, where you gained a deeper understanding for medical missionary work and of the role that it has as the right arm of the third angel's message to prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Never forget this time of illumination. And as you go forward, just as the early Christian church faced a great fight of affliction, you will too. If you choose to remain faithful to the Lord, you will face trials and afflictions. Certainly God will see you through it, but you will face afflictions. But God will be there to see you through And interestingly, Paul describes what these afflictions were like. Verse 33 says, Partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly whilst you became companions of them that were so used, for you had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. You know, it's amazing what the early Christian church went through. And sometimes I think that the only people who may have some appreciation for the struggle that these early Christians went through are self-supporting workers. Those who sometimes don't know where the next paycheck is coming from. And the early Christian church not only didn't know where their next paycheck was coming from, it says they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, meaning they lost all of their earthly substance, and yet they took it joyfully. Now, I'll have to be honest with you. I'm not there yet. If my house burned down tonight, I wouldn't be praising the Lord like, oh, this is wonderful. And that's not the normal human reaction. But amazingly, the early Christian church, it says they took joyfully the spoiling of their goods, knowing that they had in heaven a better and enduring substance. And I hope one of the things that you have gained from your time here at Wildwood is that the treasures of this earth will pass away, where moth and rust corrupts. But if you do the work of the Lord, as you have been trained to do so while you have been here, you will know 
that you have something better to look forward to in heaven. You may not make much money here on this earth. That's actually a good thing. Because the less you have, the less you have to worry about losing. Because you know that your bank account is in heaven. And you're simply doing the work of the Lord. You know, it's interesting. Um, I was maybe a couple of years ago, my mother-in-law sent me an article that she read. This, and it was connected to the Adult Sabbath School Quarterly. And the title of the article was The Worry of the Wealthy. And these are people that are worth billions of dollars. And they are stressed about their assets. It's like they would be better off not having anything because they're always so worried about losing everything that they have. When you have the Lord and when you're doing His will and doing His work, you don't have to worry about those things because you know that God will take care of your every need every day. Verse 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. As you go from Wildwood today, don't cast away the confidence that you have in the work that God has placed before you. The devil will throw things your way to cause you to perhaps doubt the work that is set before you, but never cast away your confidence in the work that God has placed before you and in the faith that you have been blessed with. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence which hath great recompense of reward. The reward of heaven surpasses anything that this world has to offer. And yet you may be tempted to turn to earthly rewards, to turn to earthly possessions, to pay yourself back a little bit for all that you've been through, but never forget that the greatest reward is the gift of eternal life and of the heavenly kingdom. Verse 36, for ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, this passage is deeply connected to the third angel's message of Revelation 14. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Because we see in the very next verse, verse 37, it says, For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. So there's a special message for those who are waiting for the coming of Jesus. That message is especially applicable to Seventh-day Adventists because we were waiting for the coming of Jesus. And what this verse says is you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, I'm not going to take the time to go through the several steps to prove to you what the will of God here is in this passage. But if you do a little study on the will of God, I can show to you that the will of God is the new covenant experience where God writes his law into your heart and mind. That's the new covenant experience, which is the will of God. Jesus says, I delight to do your will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. And the new covenant is God writes his law into our hearts and minds. So after you have allowed God to write his law, which is a transcript of his character, into your heart and mind, you have need of patience. And while you have been here at Wildwood, you have learned all about the law of God, the transcript of his character, of the righteousness of Christ. And as you become an example of the character of Christ, patience becomes a necessity. 
And we see the demonstration of that patience just two chapters later in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience or endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. And that word endured is the same word as patience. So when Paul says here, you have need of patience, what he is saying is that you need to learn to look to Jesus and experience Jesus as your friend so that you can demonstrate the same patience that he did when he endured the cross. And when you take up your cross daily and follow Jesus, he will take you places that you may not have chosen yourself to go. Some of you may never have dreamed that you would be a student here at Wildwood and that you would be graduating from a class in the fall of the fall class of 2016. But Jesus is speaking to you today that he has set a path before you where as he endured the cross, he is saying, run with patience the race that is set before you. And as you do so, you will have the experience of the third angel's message. And the promise is, yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Jesus is coming again. Don't lose hope. Don't lose patience in waiting for Jesus to come back. Don't throw away your convictions and your standards and your beliefs because you grow tired in waiting for Jesus to come. As you look around and you see the worldly who are making money and having fun and doing whatever they do, and fun is in is in quotation marks, I might add. There's a temptation to go after what they have, but don't give up what you have. What God has given you, you never want to give away. And verse 38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Those who have justification by faith, that's the third angel's message. Those who have the experience of the righteousness of Christ, live by faith, waiting for Jesus to come back. But notice what the last half of verse 38 says, But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Listen, you have been privileged to be here at Wildwood. You have been educated in the medical missionary work and in the, in the three angels' messages and in the message for our time and the work for our time. And God has given you a gift now to go out and share that with the world. And the command and the call for us is to have patience as we wait for the coming of Jesus. Yet inevitably, under the inspiration, Paul knows that Seventh-day Adventists who are waiting for Jesus to come can grow weary in waiting for him to come back. And there is a tendency for some to draw back and to turn away and to go back from what they have known. And I know that many of you, some of you, perhaps all of you, will be tempted to give up what you have learned here in the time that you've been here. And I'm saying to you today, don't turn back. 
Scripture says, but if any man turn back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. You know, you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, because you may be saying, oh, but I was here at Wildwood, and I was surrounded by these good people, and I'm always going to remember what it was like, and I'm not going to turn back from what I know. But notice 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. The apostle Paul says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Here we see Demas who was closely connected to the greatest apostle to the Gentiles. And he couldn't take it anymore. He saw the world around him, the present world, the pleasures of sin for a season, and he got tired of being associated with the greatest apostle of his era. If Demas could forsake Paul, and return to this present world, don't think it couldn't happen to you. Just because you've been here at Wildwood for six months doesn't mean that you couldn't turn back. If you stop having devotions with the Lord in the morning, if you start shortchanging God, cutting corners with God, not spending time in Bible study and prayer, you could turn into a Demas. All of the knowledge that you've gained in your time here could be for naught if you lose your connection with Christ. And you may think that this is theoretical, but I say this out of a heart that has been pained by the loss of friends to this world. I've been in ministry for a number of years now, and I've actually lost some pretty good friends who are still living but they're not living with Christ. And these are people that went to self-supporting institutions like Wildwood. And now they are out in the world as if they had never been in this experience. And so I just say this to you to remind you to not turn back. In fact, one of my friends is someone that I've been close to for a number of years, and there was a meeting one time that he was speaking at where at the end of that series of meetings, he made an appeal, and I was there, to all of us who had been through that series of meetings to meet at the Tree of Life at 3 o'clock on Sabbath afternoon. And I actually wrote him recently saying, reminding him of that appeal that he gave. And I said, by the grace of God, brother, I plan to be there. And it won't be the same if you're not there. And listen, friends, listen, students. I hope that you get together and you set a time to meet at the tree of life. And it won't be the same if one of you is missing. Don't turn back from the experience that you've had here at Wildwood these last six months. Don't become discouraged. The devil will throw all sorts of things in your way. Keep your eyes on Jesus and hang on to everything that you've learned and keep growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As this passage comes to an end, it says, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But notice verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. 
but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, interestingly, this word perdition, you study Revelation chapter 17, the papacy leads the world into perdition. In John 17, Judas is the son of perdition. And here we see those who have the experience in believing in the second advent of Jesus, as we have patience waiting for Jesus to come back, as we have the experience of justification by faith waiting for Jesus to come back, we claim the promise that we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. We will not turn back. We will not go back to this world. We will not follow into dangerous paths that the, that the devil sets before us. But we will be of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And I have to say this as well, and I'm sure that you've been well educated in this, but please stay away from fanaticism. And of these things that are out there in the church, I run into people all over the place. The latest thing I've had to deal with are people who are saying that the Holy Spirit didn't come into existence until Pentecost, and people who are saying that Christ came from the Father, and there's people who say that there's the, this time prophecy, 2520, even though Ellen White says the 2300 days is the longest and last time prophecy. And let me tell you something. If you run into someone who has some fanciful idea where it takes 55 Ellen White quotes and 40 Bible verses to try to prove one point and your mind is still cloudy when you've gotten to the end of reading all of that, it's because it's not clear. Stick with a clear, thus saith the Lord. If you're having to twist Scripture around and fit things into different order that you've never seen before, don't go for that kind of stuff. Don't turn back from a clear, thus saith the Lord, that you find in the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. God is looking for well-reasoned, balanced minds who will educate people to a knowledge of the truth, and that is what you have gained here in your time here. And God is raising up more and more workers who will be part of his closing work here on this earth. And I'm going to read to you a couple of statements um, about medical missionary work. This is General Conference Daily Bulletin, March 2, 1899. As the right arm is to the body, so is the medical missionary work to the third angel's message. But the right arm is not to become the whole body. The work of seeking the outcast is important, but it is not to become the great burden of our mission. So all that she's saying there is there is that medical missionary work is the right arm of the gospel. I've run into some people who make medical missionary work the whole gospel. In fact, one time I was doing a series, I was part of a series of meetings where there were a number of seminars, and I was doing a particular presentation on the sanctuary message. And there was a brother who came to those meetings, and he came up to me afterwards all frustrated because I didn't connect it to medical missionary work. And I pointed out to him that there was actually another seminar that was talking about medical missionary work. So just because someone doesn't talk about medical missionary work in a presentation doesn't necessarily mean they don't believe in it, right? But it's obviously an important work, and it's the right arm of the gospel. Let me read you another statement, Review and Herald, June 20, 1899. The Lord desires his church to be a perfect body, not all arms, not all body without arms, but body and arms together, and every member working as a part of the one great whole. As the right arm is connected with the body, so the health reform and medical missionary work is connected with the third angel's message and is to work efficiently as the right arm for the defense of the body of truth. Friends, don't lose that right arm. For most of us, our right arm is our dominant hand. 
Now, there may be a few lefties in here, and, and that's good. But most of us, you're right-handed. You don't want to lose your dominant hand. And that's what Adventists have struggled with for many years. We've been missing the dominant hand. You have that. Don't give it up. And so I just want to challenge you as, we, as I bring this message to a close. The Lord has a special work for each one of you. And you're going to spread out to the ends of the earth. And nobody can do what you can do to reach people. Don't give up the gift that God has given you. Don't turn back. Be a faithful medical missionary for Christ wherever he takes you. And you will receive a reward in heaven, not because you're trying to get brownie points, but if you serve God faithfully out of love to him and and to fellow man, you will receive a crown of life that beats anything this world will ever have to offer. So be faithful to him. That's my challenge to you. Amen. All right. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.